Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible in the house. And the house... I'm not saying it. Leslie, will you help me out here? Is on fire, which is ironic because it's actually raining over here, but yeah. There you go. I'm Matt Bacon here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. Baseball sucks. Oh. (laughs) Not a good start. Friend of the show, despite the fact that he's a Yankees fan, Wesley Pagan. Hello. Hi. So, Thank you for having me. For those who don't know, Wesley is in the band Moths. Um, he does a lot of cool stuff within that community. Say that again, Matt. You said that with such, with such like a flair. What, that he's a Yankees fan? No, the, the Moths. The way you pronounced Moths, it was very French. Let's hear it again. Oh, he's in the band Moths? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a lisp. I can't, I can't, I can't, I gotta be careful when I say the TH followed by the S sound. It, it just sounded very French. That's, that's all. Um, <laughs> the point being. Uh, this is gonna be a good I, episode. Okay. Yeah. He also yeah. writes, he also writes for Ghost Cult Mag, um, among other things. Am I missing anything crucial here, Wesley? I have an, a podcast called Unsolicited Opinion Metal Podcast as yes. well. It's very good. Curtis and I have both been on it. Um, no, I haven't. No, Curtis, no, you have. But okay, well, that's because Curtis. Curtis is actually. For, I should. Yeah, Curtis, I would invite you for one of the future episodes. Do you, Matt? That, that's how you do it. You guilt them into it. <laughs> that's, that's how you're gonna get all your next. Uh, yeah. People. Next. Yeah. Point being, um, Wesley, what, what did you want to talk with us about on this episode? <laughs> I guess I want to, I, first of all, I would like to thank you guys, not only for inviting me, but uh, you guys, I've been listening to the podcast since late 2018. And uh, you guys actually inspired me to start doing my own podcast. And basically, you've also proved me right in a lot of things that I was thinking of how you should be able to carry a band when you're independent. Uh, I've been, I've been involved in this since 2010 over here in Puerto Rico. So yeah, it's including a a show you played with the guy from Threaten. No, I, uh, well, we met at a show. Uh, You, you, whoa, 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 back up here. Now now we're getting to an interesting point. You played with the guy from who was in Threaten? What? No, no. Okay. So uh, the guy who was in Threaten, he had another band called, uh, fuck, I forgot the name right now. Yeah, but you you, you played with them, right? No, I I was actually part of the production of that show over here. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I met him. He was actually a really good guy and he was a fucking beast of a bass player. And then when this whole thing blew up, it was like, when I remember talking to my friends, like, holy shit, this is this dude. We met him. He was with us. We talked to him. He was really fucking cool. We don't know what happened. And yeah, it was, um, that was a fun week. So, so weird brushes with quote unquote fame aside. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, did, he did meet you one time in person too, Matt. You can't, you can't take, take that away. Did he? Didn't you? I thought I saw a picture of you guys together, no? I have a On picture with him. 
Oh, I Wesley and I. Yeah, I thought you meant the guy from yeah. Threatened. No, not the guy from Threatened. I was talking Wesley. <laughs> the last time I got oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wesley, got him in to see. It was right before this all went. Uh, no, it was last October because it was on the Insect Arc tour. Right, so his other yes. brush of fame was with you is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying yes. to pump you up here. <laughs> okay, the point well, being, so Wesley, what are we talking about today? We've, we've been all over the place. We're still not really in the meat of the show. This yeah, is great. I just, just want to go ahead and point out how important it is to be part of the community and how important it is to work. I don't know if Curtis knew about this now that we're talking about brushing with uh, you know, famous people and whatever, but I actually got to share the stage with Metallica in 2016. Did you know that, Curtis? I don't think, I don't think you ever told me that, no? Yes, with my old band. We opened for them over here in Puerto Rico. So That's awesome. And we, we actually got to meet them. Lars is actually a pretty cool guy for those two minutes that we got to speak. So that was also, cool. also Matt's favorite drummer of all time. Of course. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I basically just wanted to point out how, how important it is to, you know, keep working especially right now where it's really hard to work on the disconditions yeah, yeah. situation that we're going through um but you know you just have to go ahead and push through and just try to see what else can you do to keep you know being active both as a, well, as a if you're in a band or if, if you're like uh if you want to create your own brand as a musician artist etc and that was something that really impressed me about you the first time we met uh when you played with moths in uh a bar right down the street from me called Kingsland. <laughs> and even though you're like a guy from Puerto Rico, you knew more people here than most people who come up from Philadelphia know. Wow. You know, like, the, like there was like 10 or 15 people there who were like there because you were buddies with them. And that happened because I used to, like with my old band, Safacon, we actually got to play New York four times. We did yeah. about five. But you maintain the relationships. Right, exactly. I think that's really, how do you do that? How do you build and maintain those relationships? To be honest, it's just trying to be as, as, you know, legit interested in everyone's projects. You know, the good thing about being able to play in these cities before is the fact that I actually got to see bands that I really liked and I got to just keep following them. And for example, I remember, I don't remember the, the name of the band, but my first show in the U in the U S mainland was in 2013, I believe uh in san vitus that was my first show ever and we played with this death metal band which right now some of the, the members from that band are in the band false gods so i did not yeah. know that until we oh. played in kingsland and then i think it was the bass player he came up to me and he's like hey i played with your band a couple of years ago in san vitus i'm like oh shit yes right so you know all these things keep happening and 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 it's awesome man it's just awesome it's just being legit interested in, in the music scene and, you know, don't be, don't try to bullshit people. Yeah. Well, here's my question though. I mean, you're, you're like basically off, off the mainland, like you said. So how do you really, you know, have the relationship, start having relationships with people if you're kind of like in a far off place and like, let's say you couldn't go to New York. Right. Well, there are two different ways of how I view this type of relationships. There's the, the legit way where I can actually, when I make friends with the, with the person or the people where we you know, we kind of just talk, you know, from time to time over social media. Um, there are all the other type of relationship where I am, you know, paying attention to whatever they release as a band. So I just make sure that I, I, I either play it on my podcast or I just play it, uh, myself or just share it on social media just just try to keep that conversation happening and, and 
probably refresh these people's mind, uh, minds like, hey, I'm here. I'm still here. You can also reach out to me. I have these other venues where I can also support your music and support your band. You can also reach out to me. And this, this is actually open to anyone. If anyone wants me to play their, their music in my podcast, I'm free to do so. So it's just a, about that. You know, I, I, I've struggled. I've worked really hard. And I know how hard it is to be able to maintain uh, your name out there. So if I have the means and the ways to do so, I will also support the same way that I would like people to support me as well. Okay. And then how do you do the follow-up then as a general rule, like you said, because you mentioned follow-up. Yeah. Just to make sure that, you know, if I see mostly it happens, if I see them, you know, sharing new music or making a buzz about new releases and stuff like that. If that's, that's, if it's someone that I don't really, I didn't really make friends with from the beginning mm -hmm. that we don't talk about other things. Like for example, with Matt, I, I talk about baseball and we talk about other shit. Um, but there's other people that we strictly talk about music. So usually when we do that, then I'll just, you know, I'll just go ahead and start sharing their stuff and just telling them, like, write them an inbox or, or direct message. Hey, if you want me to play your stuff? Let me know. We're here. If you want us mods to be able to play with you next time that we are over there, let us know. You know, just try to make myself be out there and mm -hmm. just to have them know that, hey, oh, this guy exists. I exist. So yeah uh, just to have them an another option as well so um so I, I i don't really know too much about puerto rico so forgive my ignorance if i if i'm asking a stupid question but does it do you guys normally does it make more sense for you guys to go and try to play like south american countries no. do you think no, no. okay no M mostly because i mean if we talk about the, the ways of us being able of uh, uh, yeah of being able to enter the United States because since we're American American citizens we are able to just fly to the United States without the need of a passport right so Fair, yeah. you know, that's 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 definitely the biggest advantage that we have in that now if we would try to go to South America then you know we would have to work in visa visas and go through the, all that stuff which is definitely harder and definitely not wise as far as the economic sense of it you know so it, it, even if we do like for example i've done tours the last month's tour was actually we actually broke even and that's the first tour i've done i've done about six tours in the mainland yeah. that we actually got to break even and that was that was awesome so you know it's it's a very hard sacrifice to do that anyway even if we go to the mainland so it wouldn't be cheaper to just go to south america even taking into account just like because I thought it was cheaper to go down there. No, in a sense, yes. If you if you want to fly, yes. But then if you know, we had to, we would have to go through the process of renting a van. We would have to Fair. go through the process of you know, pay the taxes because we're not. We have to go in as a working visas, working van. So we have to go Good and point. do that. So it's it's in that sense, it's very hard. Now it's still hard for us coming from Puerto Rico if we go to the U.S. because to the mainland. Because if we if we go there, we will still have to rent a van. We would still yeah. have to, you know, ask people or other bands in every venue to see if they can rent us or lend us their equipment because we cannot take our amplifiers and stuff like that in the, in the plane, you know? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's still a very complicated uh, situation for us as, as far as in the level that we are right now, you know? But uh, it's all a matter of, you know, just keep pushing and try to make the best sense of it as possible. Can you play many shows in Puerto Rico? Like again, I don't really know much about it. I don't know how big it is. Like, if there, if like touring is even an option or what? Well, yeah, we actually um, before the whole pandemic thing, we actually had I would say three to four shows every weekend. 
And the good thing about the scene over here is that we have bands for, for everyone. Like I can probably name you a band for every genre, every summer genre in metal. And we have, you know, we have a lot of bands over here. So um, whenever we had bands coming from outside, they would have a really good crowd. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, the scene over here is pretty, pretty, pretty strong. And we've had for the past, I would say three to four years, we've had some bands that have been working really hard. Um, there's this band that you've worked with, uh, Curtis, uh, Avendra. Um, yep. They they got signed by Blood Music and they were able to release their both of their albums. So th that's I would say that that would be the main band as of now in the underground metal scene. And then you know we've had other um, acts that are really fucking good. That I'm pretty sure that if if we would had that attention coming over here from mm -hmm. I wouldn't even say the big labels, but from people in general, they would be very surprised of, of what they could do. Interesting. What I here's a question I had. So something I've noticed um, in the Australian scene mm -hmm. is that um, part of why it works so well is that it's really underserved, right? There aren't, you know, whereas in New York there are too many shows mm -hmm. in normal times. You know, there's every night there's three good shows you could go to. Whereas here, there's like, whereas from what I understand, in Puerto Rico, you don't have that issue. Do you think that helps, like not having a million tours hit every every day? Well, you know, it does happen. It does happen where you have a, a weekend where you have, um, let's say, you have a really good hardcore show, but that hardcore show can attract people from a progressive uh, audience. It's it's very weird because the people that go to shows here are, are very wide as far as what they like musically. Yeah, because... So. because but I wouldn't, I would, I would imagine that some of it's because they don't really have the, like, if I wanted to just go to prog metal shows in New York City, mm -hmm. in normal times, I could go to 150 shows a year, no problem. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, we would have that, but like, you know, it, it really doesn't make sense to have like so many shows. Because yeah, again, course. it's a very small, small, small community. And usually the shows here happen in San Juan, where we have like two venues two good venues, you know, two, three to good venues. So, um, yeah, in a sense, it, it's better for us to, to have that, specifically when we have bands that, that come from outside. And we've had shows where we have had two nation, uh, national, uh, national um, touring bands coming over here. And then we, one of them, it's a bum, you know, that people don't go. And, and we've had that. Uh, it's very weird. Sometimes whenever you think that, a show is going to come out and it's going to be really fucking good. Usually people don't go to those. And then the ones that you don't expect anything, that's the one that everyone goes to. Um, but it's very interesting. It's very interesting. The scene over here, it's completely unpredictable. Whenever you think that something's going to work, usually it doesn't work. And then whatever you think, whatever you think it's not going to work, it works. It's, it's so weird. It's so bizarre. Are, are you meaning like major bands or are you talking like more local? Both both okay. we've we've had uh like for example i would say like six to seven years ago we had avenged sevenfold coming uh and they play like the main big arena over here and it was empty yeah. uh really yeah <laughs> wow because yeah, but the thing is in that situation is that i, I don't think avenged sevenfold over here in puerto rico is a really big band but it's not a, a band where you would put in that specific arena you know a, a smaller yeah. arena or a smaller venue would have been perfect for them but then uh 
I don't know, the last show I went to that was totally packed, we had um, violence. Violence came by the end of last year and that was fucking packed in a venue, in a 500 person capacity venue. And uh, that's, that's one thing over here. Over here, the metal fans are really big, even though that they are very uh, wide as far as the music taste, but they are very hungry for death metal, thrash metal, and black metal. Those are, if we actually have like a touring band come over here, from any of those three genres, pretty sure that the show will be a good show. Sounds like Matt Bacon's home. <laughs> uh, um, just get back to the connecting part. So unless Matt had anything else he wanted yeah, to add. Okay, so back to the connecting part. So how, what do you think is the best platform to actually stay connected with the people that you've met? Is it Twitter? Is it Facebook, Instagram, or whatever? I like Facebook. I like Facebook a lot because it gives me the option of, you know, the messaging, the direct or private messaging aspect of it. Messenger is far more um, organized for me yeah. than Instagram, for example. I don't use Twitter at all to connect with people. Like, I just go ahead and just share the stuff. I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting, getting active in Twitter right now because mm -hmm. of the of the release of our of our split but uh i like facebook a lot because it gives me it gives me the tool to be organized and i'm able to actually search within the conversation about different topics that we've probably spoke 100%. before and I, yeah. that way i can remember and pinpoint that conversation again so yeah facebook is my favorite what about is that do you still <clears throat> excuse me prefer it like for if someone's trying to get you to play them on your podcast are you still okay with that or do you prefer email in that case, I would prefer email because okay. in, I, I have every, between every Friday and every Sunday, I sit down and I listen to all the new emails that I receive within the week and just try to like choose which are the songs that I'm going to play for that week's uh, episode and, or just leave them. I have a queue, I have a list on a, uh, on a queue with a lot of bands right now. I have about 40 tracks that I haven't played yet. Where if I'm going to interview a band that is, uh, for example, a black metal band, well, I'm going to go ahead and go to look in the queue, which are the black metal songs that I haven't played yet. And those are the ones that are going to go to, to that episode. So that's how I go. I also have a, a stoner hour thing, a uh, radio program in a local stadium, uh, local station uh, called La Hora Stoner, the Stoner Hour, which is 420 nice. p.m. Every Tuesday, every Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday, and Saturday, and uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of friends that are doing great job with this local station. It's just growing. Just started like uh, I think it started in May, uh, and we've been trying to, you know, capture more audience with different uh, programs. And um, basically, what I do is that I play doom, psychedelic, stoner, metal, or rock. So also, if anyone wants to go ahead and and send me music for that. You can also do that. Um, now I want to talk about the split briefly. Mm -hmm. um, so how, how, how did you find it was uh, trying to promote the split versus just music on your own? Well, first of all, the, the songs and specifically the original songs that we release on this split, it's, it's more as a step to what we're going to release with our full length. We, want, we mm -hmm. didn't want it to release the full length after two years of not releasing any music after our, our first EP. So we just wanted to give people a tease or, or just a step up or a step ahead of what's going to be coming in the, in the full length. 
And we decided to do a split because, first of all, we met the Stone Eye guys in, when we played in Philly in, in our last tour. And they were really cool. We loved their music. And we instantly clicked. Like, we had a conversation that same night. And we, we were just pretty sure I think I was drunk. And I told them, hey, we need to do something. So um, months after that, I, I remember that same thing that we're going back to the beginning where I just came down, came to, to my home and I immediately, the first thing I did was touching base, touch base with them and tell them, Hey, we really need to do this. Let's do a split. And we decided to do that because they do have their following in Philly and we have our following over here in Puerto Rico. So, you know, it's, it's best for us to be able to show ourselves in the mainland sharing a release with a band from the mainland. Same thing with them over here. If they want to go ahead and, and, you know, uh, come over here eventually. And uh, also the good thing is that we actually got a, a, a good backup whenever we, re when we released uh, our first EP, where we got it reviewed by Bandcamp, and that actually got us a lot of international uh, coverage, where yeah. we, had a, we had a lot of fans in Germany and in the UK, you know? So I think that's also beneficial for them, so that way they can also be able to and their listeners and for us again i know they have a following in the philly area so uh it was it's definitely a win-win for everyone so how, how did you feel how did you feel how it went like with the actual promotional angle of it did you find out more difficult or easier i mean well, splits are weird sometimes yeah like promo wise i mean like i want to hear your viewpoint on it yeah, for sure. It's the first split. I mean, it's not the first split I released because I, I did one with a local band with my previous band, but yeah. we didn't actually do this type of PR effort as we did for this one. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting because we got to see that, first of all, you know, and this is something you guys have mentioned in previous episodes where not everyone is going to review like it's split, specifically such a short split. And yep not everyone is going to go and like both, both bands, you know, or, yep. you know, so that, that's, it's very interesting for me. It's more like a, it was more like a, like a test. I was trying to see how this whole thing uh, planned out and uh, maybe eventually considering the future. But I, I can say that, you know, I've always done the PR process for all the releases I've been involved with. And uh, it's very interesting to see the reaction and how, depending on the specific blogs, they would cover it or not cover it. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that was- What made someone story. more likely to cover a split? What's that, I'm sorry? What made someone more likely to cover a split? I want to answer that once Wesley gives his answer, because I did the PR with him on it. I don't know, I, I, I would say, I don't know, I would say because if it comes from a label, I think people will probably be more you know, pay more attention to it rather than just two independent bands trying to like get their name out there. Yeah, that's, but I'm saying that like famously splits have a harder time doing press than even like a normal EP. Yeah. True, true. Yeah. I mean, the, the last split I heard that I was really into was uh, Conjurer and I have no idea how to pronounce the name of the other band. It's P-I-J-N. Um, that was the last split I was really excited about. But yes, you were definitely right. This is, it's kind of weird. Curtis, why do you think splits get less coverage? Well, because usually what happens, at least in my experience, is that I don't know why, but people look at it as just like a couple singles, it seems like. That's, that's been my experience, and I'm not really clear why that is. 
And it seems like, like Wesley said, is it like this, I think this is the second split I've ever worked. And from the reactions I was getting, it was like, it was rare to find someone that 100% liked both bands mm -hmm. versus kind of like, you know, they were into just moths or they were just into the stone eye, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm not sure because I, I thought it was really well done and everything. And I mean, we I thought we did good, but at the same time, it's it's weird because there's like this idea that singles almost it seems you know what i mean because i would because sometimes i pitch people and be like oh sorry we're not going to review a split yeah. you know so i'm not i'm not really sure like matt you're the journalist let me hear your opinion on this i definitely think it's tricky doing a split because i definitely think it's, there's a tendency to want to prefer one band over another you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. we had that yeah i definitely think that's a that's a that's a huge component you know um, yep. You know, and, and it also makes it a lot more work if you're trying to do both. Like if I'm trying to write review a split on my blog, you know, what I've generally found is that it's like, it, it, what I've generally found is like, I have to like go back, you know, and spend more time, even if it's a, even if it's like a seven inch, yep. because I want to make sure both bands get at least like some some attention from me yeah you know what the I thing mean? is and the thing is that both bands in this case both bands are so different as well so you cannot just yeah. you know yeah i can't just be oh it's stoner rock that's right brother yeah well, no, the other, you have to the really. other weird thing too is we had a couple of reviews where it was like one band got positive and the other didn't and it's like well do you share that <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Right, super awkward right. for both parties. You know, right. <laughs> it's like, do I do I really want to post this review? Um, I don't know. It's really kept, good for one band. Yeah, I kept on talking about these these situations with Stephen from the Stone Eye, and yeah. we, were, we would ourselves would just analyze the review and like, I'm not sure if this is a good content to share because you know I don't yeah. want to I don't want to shout at them and they don't want to shout at us and and I I believe that they did a great job and uh, you know. Uh, I, I don't want them or I don't want the people that may potentially, you know, listen to us have a negative impact or a negative thought yeah. about the Sonai just because this bad review, you know, so. Exactly. But, but then the other side, it's still positive for you or, yeah. or vice versa. <laughs> it's so, so it's so like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know what to say. Just like I said, this was, I think this is like the second uh, split I've ever worked and it's interesting. I, I'm not sure what I would do differently next time, but it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> I just want to point out that after being thoroughly mocked, Curtis still doesn't know how to say vice versa. I don't say vice versa because I like saying vice versa. <laughs> you're, 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 you're wrong. I don't shout, say... Shout out to Matt Mar Markle who's going to make fun of me so you can tag him in the show notes, Keith, when you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't say, I don't say noy yuck because it makes me happy. I say New York because I'm a goddamn civilized individual. The point being, Okay, Frenchie, but anyways. If you're a band trying to promote... Uh, if you were a band... If you were trying to promote a split again, Wesley, mm -hmm. what advice would you give people? I would advise people... I would advise people to really plan ahead everything and have everything. Like, when I mean everything, I mean videos, uh, you know, all the different content that you're going to post on your social media. Because at, at some point, it got to a point for me where I wasn't sure what was going to be the content that I was going to share for that specific date. 
and yeah. I needed to post something because we were right in the middle of the whole promotion aspect of it. So, and, and again, yeah. you're, you're counting on, on this type of reviews and then you realize that again, one review is bad and then the other one is like good for one side. So it's yeah. that, but I got to say, and I also want to add Curtis, you did a great job. Thank you so much for that. I know in, in my case, I can say that this is the first time I have this experience as uh, releasing a split. And for the, if I ever get to release another one, another split, I would definitely sit down and think of the pro and, cron, and cons. But I think uh, you did a great job and it's awesome. We got, we got to be in Doom Stone, so it's pretty cool. What did you well, think about some of the cons of doing a split? Um, you know, in this case, I would say that communication with the other band, not because I had bad communication with the Stoneye, but the fact that they are in the mainland and, you know, these kind of situations are good to, you know, meet at least in person. I like to have like in-phase conversations where we can just sit down and do a map of how we're going to do everything. And like of the pandemic and, and this whole thing that's happening, we weren't able to do that as much as I would love to or would have liked to. So um, yeah, I, I would say that communication is key in everything. But uh, if I ever do another split, it would definitely, we would need to meet and have that map planned out and, and have everything, you know, go step by step one other thing I, i'd want to point out too is that i think if you ever do something like this again um what i would suggest is getting like maybe videos done for all four mm. tracks next time uh because i think that's just extra content that could also be boosted more video is as always well. good well, yeah so, yeah we're actually going to release a, a, a video uh in the ne next couple of months but I, I totally understand i mean it should have been yeah. done for now and we also have like uh we're going to um, recorded live set for a fest in Argentina that's going to okay. come out in uh, October. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to be working with that as well. Cool. So, okay, so now just one last thing I want to ask about the split. So, um, is there anything else that you wish that you would have uh, thought about beforehand other than the communication factor that you talked about and the more content? Yeah, I would say that planning ahead, there were so many things where I had to like uh, improvise a little bit and uh, improvis improvisation is good sometimes, but whenever you have to do it like for three days in a row, it's a little bit complicated. And so I would definitely have to, I like to plan things. So in this case, since it wasn't me by myself working on the release, I, need to, I needed to work with other people as well, you know, and uh, that planning did not happen. So I would definitely have to work on that eventually if we ever get to work with another team. But yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I would, I would do different. Now, um, just in regards to the moths, uh, actual moths themselves, when you were doing the PR for the last time, mm -hmm. how did you manage to make the connections with the journalists that you got on your own without the assistance of a publicist? It's a, it was a mix between working hard and a strike of luck. Uh, I think, like I yeah. said before, um, the, one of the things that we, that actually helped us was the fact that we were featured as band, uh, artists of the day in, on Bandcamp a week now after how, we how, re actually. How, how did you do that, by the way? Because a lot of people ask how that gets done. Do you know well, how that happened? In this case, what happened is I have this friend. Well, he became a friend because of that. Uh, his name is Gabriel uh, Donis. He writes for Bandcamp. Now he's also, he's facing some challenges where, uh, every time he would pitch, like it happened for the split, he pitched the split to Bandcamp, but Bandcamp said that they weren't going to take it. So it's, it's a little bit of luck as well where, you know, because they don't tell him why exactly they're not choosing X or Y album. 
Um, yeah. In that case, what happened is that he presented the pitch to Bandcamp of our EP, and they yep. accepted it. And then the next week, we were able to be featured as uh, album of the day. So I think also the artwork, I think the artwork for our first EP helped a lot. So yeah. How did, I, yeah, that's how how did you meet the guy though? Was, is he in Puerto Rico or did you just met him on the internet? No, he's a, he's a friend of other people I know from, uh, from the metal scene over here. And uh, okay. I think he saw the artwork once, like when we released it and he wrote to me, he said, Hey, I, I wrote, I write for Bandcamp. If you want me to review, I can review it. And then we can see if they want to publish it. And I'm like, what else i don't have anything to lose so i'll just <laughs> send them the, the music and that happened so I, I remember it was a fucking fun day that day okay how did you how did you connect with the other people that you did i mean you got heavy blog is heavy and a few other places too heavy blog is heavy picked up uh the album from that specific review there's there were a lot uh -huh. of uh, blogs who actually covered us because of that review of Bandcamp. and, and then chain is like yeah. once you start to get one review like your band tends to get more momentum well, yeah. from a big place, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, and that helped a lot. And then, but before that, all the reviews that did not happen because of the Bandcamp thing, I would just go ahead and sit down. I have a list of about fifty different websites, and I would go one by one, read the 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 ways that they like to have the submissions done to them, and I'll just go ahead and personalize every email. I'll just go ahead and send them one by one. And honestly, that's my favorite part. So. Yeah, I, I that's how did I you did actually it. did you actually go and and do it personalized like really yeah for all yeah. Of them? yeah all of them really? and I would wow. do that's I would awesome. do like the MP3 you know I would see if they like MP3s or if they like the Bandcamp uh, link so I would just accommodate myself and I I would actually add every single way like I would add a Dropbox link a WeTransfer link the Bandcamp link just you that's know awesome. so that they can have all the uh, different options and what would be the best way for them to to download the songs. That's awesome. Um, so, okay. So now just, just getting back, back. So you also managed to get into onto adult swim. How did you do that? Oh, that was another strike of luck. I got into Twitter and I saw the curator uh, of that playlist. She was asking for independent bands to send over their bandcamp link. And I said, why not? I, 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 we read this all the time. You know, we've had a lot of people like asking for bands links and stuff like that. And I just said, you know what? I don't lose anything. So I'll just send the link. And then like three weeks later, we received an email saying that we were chosen. And we were actually to be like, we are the first track of that specific playlist. So awesome. yeah, it just happened. But really, there's a, really, it's just that there's a lot of value to just going for it and seeing what happens. Yeah, of course, of course. Just dare to do things. You know, I've, I've dared to do a lot of things during my career and most of them have worked. You know, I've, I've actually had the chance to not only play with Metallica, I've played with uh, Creator, with Napalm Death, with, man, I've played Agnostic, Agnostic Front, you know, many bands. And it's just because I dare to just ask, hey, can my band be in that show? Sure. Okay, perfect. Yeah. That's it. It happens. Yeah. Do you have any so, final things to share as we run out of time? Because Curtis still doesn't know how to see how much time is left on these. I'm, <laughs> I'm not looking at the time because I'm, I'm too interested in Wesley, Matt. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we have less than a minute, apparently. So I just want to go ahead and uh, uh, tell the people that if you want to check us out, you can check Mods and the Sonai. We're pretty much in every single streaming platform, and we're in Bandcamp. Uh, you can check Mods. You can check Mods <laughs> as in Mods PR on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Bandcamp. Uh, we're everywhere, and stay tuned. Like I said, we are going to be releasing 
that live set and we are going to make a big thing out of it. It's going to become uh, really awesome. And we have a couple of things coming out before the year ends. And hopefully next year we'll be able to release our first full length. And you can also check out my podcast on Solicited Opinion Metal Podcast, which I'm going to interview uh, Francis from King Gorm in a couple of minutes after we're done here. And uh, you can check my radio program called La Hora Stoner on Radio Santurce. Uh, I'm going to send Matt all these links. And if you want to send music, just go ahead. I'll play you. There you go. Well, this has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening. Are we done yet?